0: Welcome to the Muni 360 podcast from New York Life Investments. Valuable insights on all aspects related to investing in the complex and highly fragmented municipal bond market.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Muni 360 podcast from New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. In a municipal market that is highly complex, from public policy to market technicals, We're excited to bring you another podcast focusing on current municipal themes and strategies for clients to consider. I'm excited to be joined today by Ian France directly from our trading desk in Los Angeles. Ian is a research analyst and trader with focus on the high yield segment of the marketplace. We've been looking forward to having Ian back on the show to share his observations. let's jump right in. Ian, great to have you with us today on Uni360 Podcast. Looking at municipal bonds in 2022, it's clearly been one of the most challenging we've seen in at least four decades. We've had a brief reprieve in July, but volatility has come back with a vengeance since August. What are you seeing right now that is driving the municipal market? Thanks, Chris. So what we've
2: seen uh, year to date and in recent months, there's really two primary factors that have been driving the performance of the municipal market. The primary factor is outflows of mutual fund outflows. So it's been retail-focused investors that have been exiting the market at a rapid pace. So to give some context around that, in 2021 we saw approximately 100 billion come into the market, and as of September, uh, September we saw 10 billion come out of the market in fund flows just in that month which brings the year-to-date aggregate outflow from mutual funds to over $100 billion. So in the extremely dovish environment that we saw in 2021, which brought $100 billion into the market and record annual performance in the municipal market, this year what we've seen is almost the opposite occur. We've seen 100 billion exit the market, and we've seen performance suffer for that reason, The other factor that's affecting the market is simply what's happening with interest rates, the Federal Reserve and their hawkish policy, as well as inflationary environment that we're seeing. We have seen the Federal Reserve, obviously throughout the year, be pretty hawkish, and they continue to take a stance that they're going to continue to combat inflation. And this is spooking a lot of participants in the market, especially retail investors. And so that's where we're seeing the flows The flow dynamic uh, come through in performance. So the two primary drivers are especially flows followed by simply the interest rate and Federal Reserve environment. One thing I think that's important to mention is what we don't believe is driving the municipal market right now is credit. We don't believe that credit concerns are a large factor for the sell-off that we've seen year to date. We believe that it is much more a factor of fund flows
1: as well as hawkish Federal Reserve policy in response to inflation. In a year with significant dislocations, it seems September could have been the most volatile month yet. While Mackay Municipal Managers does not make interest rate calls or duration bets in the portfolios we manage, all eyes have been on the Fed and what impact future decisions may have on the market. In fact, we just had a CPI print uptick uh, recently. A question that we do ask routinely, how has the market digested this so far, and to what extent are future rate moves factored into the year-to-date sell-off? Yeah, it's a good question,
2: and and I think today was a very interesting day on October the 13th to to highlight this phenomenon that's happening, because we had the September CPI print today, and what you saw initially was you saw a long-end treasury sell-off, but as the day progressed, we saw both the 10 and 30 year come back off of their highs. And throughout the course of the day, the curve flattened even further. Uh, The market increased its estimate of the final terminal Fed funds rate from a 475 to a 485. So only 10 basis points more than what the market was pricing in before the Fed or excuse me, before the inflation print hit today. So an important thing to note is that the long end of the curve, treasuries as well as municipals, continues to be fairly anchored. And the curve continues to get more flat. And what this tells us is that investors are, uh, they believe that over the longer period of time that interest rates in the future will be lower than where they are today. So despite the market pricing in you know, a significantly higher Fed funds rate than what we're seeing right now. We believe that it it appears at least that the longer end of the curve has the potential to become uh, more anchored around that 4% level if if the estimate of the federal fund's terminal rate is in fact 475, 485. So we think that actually, I mean, future rate moves so far are more priced into the market than they probably have been for most of this year. If we look back to the first and second quarters... We still saw the Fed in, in the transitory inflation uh, using that rhetoric, and we didn't see uh, the market pricing in enough of Fed hawkish activity. We actually, towards the end of this year, we, we feel that there's much more priced into the market than at any time this year. And we are seeing, despite some elevated inflation prints, there
1: are certain factors that point to some inflationary pressures subsiding. So, Ian, on on some of our prior shows, and uh, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, we talked about municipal credit fundamentals. And uh, how would you describe the credit landscape
2: currently? Sure. So we actually view municipal credit broadly uh, as as being quite strong, especially heading into 2023. What we saw over the past several years were, were several factors that led to positive credit fundamentals for states and localities, one of which was the amount of federal money, federal stimulus money that came to states and localities. The second was the benefit that these states and localities had from the inflationary impact on tax collections, that is property taxes, sales taxes, income taxes. And this was something that we spoke about in one of our insights at the beginning of the year, that municipal credit, uh, could actually benefit from an inflationary environment, contrary to, to what we're seeing on, on some corporate credits. And what we've actually seen, we've seen this trend continue even into recent months. For example, uh, state and local tax collections in aggregate across the U.S. have increased in each of the last three quarters. We saw the state of New York raise its fiscal year 23 revenue forecast this month by $2.1 billion. Through the first two months of fiscal year 23, so that's uh, both July and August, Illinois, the state of Illinois' revenues are 7% above forecast. And we also see rainy day funds at record levels across the board. So we believe that states and localities are well positioned from a balance sheet perspective, heading into a potential hard landing or recession we believe that balance sheets are in much better condition than they were, especially heading, than they were heading into the 2008 recession. One question we have been getting is about pension funds and, and how those have fared with some of the negative returns in financial markets year to date. But what's important to note is that many pension funds, pretty much all pension funds, are sitting on very sizable returns in financial markets over the past several years. So while we are seeing financial markets sell off this year, financial uh, pension funds actually remain still in pretty strong condition. We've seen uh, a lot of states have exercised buybacks, so they've actually eliminated some of the liabilities to people who receive those benefits. So overall, from a state and local perspective, we, we still feel that uh,
1: municipal credit is in a pretty good place. So that really presents us with a very stark contrast and I would say interesting opportunity, right? We started the conversation talking about the magnitude of this dislocation—something we've probably almost never seen, uh, at least since you know the early '80s—couple that with a pretty solid credit fundamental sort of profile in our marketplace, right? Which is that fair to say?
2: Yes, definitely. And we we think that um, the risk-adjusted opportunity in the municipal market is really one of the best in in all of financial markets. And the reason for that is is the cheapness of muni's versus treasuries. As well as the the credit fundamentals that you're seeing for those returns that you can achieve over a long period of time, which I can touch on later on in, in the in the podcast.
1: So then this begs the next question, and something we're getting from clients, you know, quite a bit as well. How should clients think about their municipal portfolios if economic weakness or and or recessionary pressures persist in the future? So in the near term, if you do expect a
2: recession, we do believe that high grade municipals would would probably benefit. But one other thing to think about is what I mentioned earlier is that some of the more economically sensitive credits, that is, triple B and lower, um, they still uh, are in a pretty good standpoint from a balance sheet perspective heading into a potential recession.
1: Right. And just unpacking that just a little bit more, uh, you know, missed all of this, it, clearly it seems that we haven't really seen municipals at these compelling levels for a really long time. And maybe you can just spend a little more time, you know, sort of bringing that to life a bit more for listeners in terms of levels, cheapness from a historic perspective. Sure, I'd be happy to. So tax-exempt
2: 30-year yield yields, AAA yields are actually the highest that they've been since 2013 in the taper tantrum. Further 10-year AAA yields are at the highest absolute level they've been at since 2008. So it's really been a long time since we've seen the absolute yield levels that are in the market right now and the amount of income available for investors. It's really been a long time since we've seen this. And in addition to absolute yield levels being high, we also have ratios which are at at wides, especially on the long end of the curve. Uh, So the municipal treasury ratio, that is the municipal AAA yield divided by the treasury yield of the same tenor, especially in the 30-year part of the curve is trading quite, uh, quite cheap. In some cases, we're seeing large AAA-rated deals come to market that are fully tax-exempt, that are pricing with a yield that's in some cases 105 or 110% of the 30-year Treasury. So that is a bit of a, a technical factor that has um, really beaten down muni so much where the yields being offered are not pricing in the tax exemption of the security. The other thing to mention is that historically, when there's significant outflows out of the market, after there has been a significant amount of money that has exited the market on the retail side, it turns out typically to be a good time to to enter the market. So the municipal market has seen seven negative returns, annual returns, going back in in history. And each time that you had a negative return in one of those years, in many cases, you saw double-digit returns the following year. We can't promise that going into 2023, but when you look at the historical trends in a year where there was significant negative performance, such as this year, and you had a significant amount of money exit the market, it generally was a very good buying opportunity and a good time to enter the market uh, coming up on the next year. The other interesting statistic we're seeing is how cheap uh, municipals are trading, not only to treasuries, but also to corporate bonds. So for example, Currently, AA tax-exempt yields are trading at approximately 88% of AA corporate bonds in similar tenor on the long end of the curve. That's actually only happened four times in the past decade where that ratio has reached 85% or higher. So there's only been, and that hasn't lasted long. So the the level of cheapness of munis versus treasuries, uh, typically it doesn't last that long and it's only a limited buying opportunity. So we do believe that these valuations will not last forever uh, and that we will eventually read back to normal historical, you know, there will be a mean reversion and we'll, we'll return back to closer to long-term averages on ratios versus both corporates and treasuries.
1: Great. And so that really gives us a good feel for uh, levels and valuations across different parts of the curve in terms of munis versus treasuries, munis versus corporates. One more question on opportunity set. You know, outside of that, other themes that you're seeing that bring the opportunity set to life with, you know, not QSIPs, of course, but, you know, various, whether it's sector driven or other things for clients to think about as it relates to opportunity set that we see right now.
2: Sure. So we do like the A and AA uh, rated parts of the market. A lot of that has to do with some of the issuance, new issuance coming to market. We have seen a lack of high yield issuance uh, over the past several months, but what we have seen is uh, several large issuers issuing bonds, mostly in the A and AA range. And in the negative technical environment with the amount of money coming out of funds, these deals have to come at a concession to clear the market. So for example, actually just this week, there was a AA rated New Jersey turnpike deal, $500 million deal with a five and a quarter coupon maturing in 2052. So a 30-year tenor that was priced to yield 4.44%. Now, that bond is exempt in both New Jersey as well as on the federal level. And based on where the Treasury is trading, the 30-year Treasury is trading right now, that is a double-A bond that is priced at 113% of the 30-year Treasury. So it's really some of the valuations are pretty eye-popping. But it's not to mention that there is not opportunity for good income in the, in the yield space as well. Uh, for example, most double B-rated situations offer a yield behind a 6%. In many cases, you can see triple B rated bonds trading in uh, five and a quarter to five and a half percent range. So even for a medium to low level credit quality, you're being offered very good tax-adjusted yields. The other area of the market where we see opportunity is in both the California and New York exempt places. One of the reasons for that is the amount of New York issuance that has occurred this year. It's been elevated. So the, the supply in, the supply technicals for New York domicile municipal bonds have been somewhat negative. And for that reason, we are not seeing the tax exemption being as, as priced in as it normally is. The same goes for California. Due to all the technical factors uh, and forced selling we've seen throughout the course of the year, the California exemption is not demanding the same premium that it normally would. So we really think that Cal and New York are, are both very attractive parts to allocate to in the market because we think that there's the potential for additional total return, price return, once that additional exemption is, is again, priced
1: back into the market. Great. I think one thing, you know, many have learned if you've been involved with the municipal marketplace for, you know, a, a couple of years plus, a uh, violent move we've seen down, you can see a snapback that's just as quick when you get that mean reversion trade, if you will, right? When flows tend to at least moderate somewhat. And a very common question, another very common question from clients is, you know, knowing that you can have that turn quickly, potentially, you know, we know we can't predict the future, but that said, you know, what are some of the signals that we have our eye on that can really help municipals firm up and move, move in a positive direction once again, in terms of price? One
2: of the signs that we've seen, especially so far this month in October, is ETF inflows picking up as much as they have. So ETF flows are typically a bit of a harbinger uh, for flows into mutual funds. Um, And that money money is able to move a little bit more quickly than flows into a mutual fund, which typically happen more on a month-to-month basis. So we have seen so far, year-to-date, ETFs have provided quite a bit of support to the market while we're still seeing some mutual fund redemptions. So that's a good sign that we're seeing right now. The other thing to mention is that muni treasury ratios typically don't remain this wide for sustained periods of time, as I mentioned earlier. We saw it at the end of May. Uh, So for the last two weeks of May, we saw an excess of 5% uh, price returns. And that was simply just the reversion of that uh, municipal treasury ratio. We saw a similar thing occur in July. Um, And so we think that You know, this environment, uh, we've seen the ratio compress and then get wide again. And we think that has a lot just to do with interest rate volatility. So if we can get in an environment where the uh, treasuries are a little bit more anchored, they don't necessarily even have to fall. Treasury yields don't have to fall or go down and the Fed doesn't need to pivot. But we just need a little bit more uh, sustainability in the direction of long term interest rates. We have seen the long end of the Treasury curve appear to be a bit more anchored in recent weeks and be less responsive to to some of the rhetoric out of the Fed. Um, We've also seen interest pick up on retail electronic platforms and from other institutional buyers such as insurance companies and banks as well. And another thing to mention is that mutual fund inflows typically pick up, if you look historically going back for many years, they typically pick up about seven to nine weeks, so on average about two months after you get some stable stabilization or peak in the 10-year yield. So we saw the 10-year yield briefly touch 4% this week. Um, and so one could expect that if the 10-year yield does remain around that level, not that it necessarily will, that we could see mutual fund flows start to pick back up. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily have to be Uh, 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 material rally in the 10-year, we think simply that if if interest rates can remain relatively stable, that we will see the reversion back to a more normal uh, municipal technical environment, which will bode well for
1: performance. Great. That's interesting to hear that, you know, yet on one hand, mutual funds haven't really come back flow-wise that strongly at this point in time, yet we're starting to see other client segments kind of pick their head up at these levels, which is, you know, providing maybe some level of support over time um and kind of going into the next question you know for for clients considering more passive approaches whether it's separately managed accounts for municipals you know ladder portfolios for example clients that go that direction why consider actively managed strategies as an alternative or a complement sure so
2: one of the reasons uh, that an active strategy can be more beneficial is because of the uh, reduction in liquidity that we've seen in the municipal market really since the financial crisis, but it has been exacerbated over uh, the past two years, really since COVID. We've seen Wall Street trading desks uh, reduce their headcounts. Unfortunately, we've seen uh, inventories come down. So the amount of bonds that dealers hold on their balance sheet have, have come down. And what that does is it, it creates increased levels of volatility. And we've certainly seen that this year The intramonth swings can be fairly material. And so if you have an active strategy where you have a relative value focus, you can take advantage of a lot of this volatility. You can buy bonds when they're oversold and you can sell bonds when they're overbought. Uh, If you're in more of a laddered inactive strategy, you don't have the opportunity to take advantage of those opportunities. The other reason is uh, the tax loss swapping that we've been doing year to date. So that's one of the thing, you know, one of the, the things that we can provide to our clients by being active is just through executing tax loss swaps, rebooking yields higher, and passing through those capital losses uh, to our clients, which which
1: can benefit them from a tax perspective as well. Very helpful, and really appreciate that ins- those insights and the feedback. Um... You know, Certainly, the municipal market is highly complex, to say the least, and the case for active management has really never been stronger, in our opinion. Uh, this has been a great conversation. I'm sure our listeners are going to find your thoughts and insights really helpful. Before we let you go, uh, do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners?
2: Sure. So I think one of the most important things to take away in this current environment is with the increase in interest rates that we've seen and the increase in municipal yields available to investors, the break-even return on some of these these, uh, investments is much more significant than it was uh, going back into 2021. So, for example, investors were purchasing long-dated municipal bond securities with low coupon structures with a 1% or 2% handle book yield. The income that these individuals were earning over the course of a year was not sufficient to sort of Buffer the negative price return that could happen if interest rates were to drift higher, where we stand right now, when you can book a four and a half or five percent yield, even six percent yield, you would need interest rates to sell off significantly over the course of the next year before you would lose money on that investment. So I just think it's an important point to make that you know the opportunity in today's market is uh, much more attractive from a uh, income type of of, uh, view and the credit adjusted yields we believe that are being offered in the municipal market are extremely attractive.
1: Very helpful, Ian, really appreciate that. You know, on one hand, you just don't know when, you know, the volatility completely subsides at the same time at these levels, you know, very attractive relative to history. So, you know, that wraps up this episode of New 360 Podcast with New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. Please be sure to subscribe and look out for new episodes. We appreciate you rating the show and leaving a review so we can spread these insights to as many as possible. Thanks for listening.
0: all investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Active management is the use of a human element, such as a single manager, co-managers, or a team of managers to actively manage a fund's portfolio. Active management strategies typically have higher fees than passive management. Alpha measures a fund's risk-adjusted performance and is expressed as an annualized percentage. Credit spread reflects the difference in yield between a treasury and corporate bond of the same maturity. Duration is a measure of the sensitivity of the price of a bond to a change in interest rates. CPI is the consumer price index that measures the overall change in consumer prices based on a representative basket of goods and services over time. Long end treasuries refers to long-term treasury bonds that are U.S. government bonds that have maturities longer than 10 years. Tax loss swap refers to a tax planning strategy when applied to mutual funds, entails selling one fund and investing in another that is similar. It allows to realize a loss while retaining the equivalent market exposure. Taper tantrum, a reaction by investors to the unexpected news that the Fed is slowing bond purchases. Credit quality. Percentages are based on fixed income securities held in the fund's investment portfolio and exclude any equity or convertible securities and cash or cash equivalents. Ratings apply to the underlying portfolio of debt securities held by the fund and are rated by an independent rating agency, such as Standard & Poor's, Moody's, and or Fitch. If ratings are provided by the rating agencies but differ, the lower rating will be utilized. If only one rating is provided, the available rating will be utilized. Securities that are unrated by the rating agencies are reflected as such in the breakdown. Unrated securities do not necessarily indicate low quality. S&P rates borrowers on a scale from AAA A to D. AAA through triple represent investment grade, while double B through D represent non-investment grade. Average coupon is the rate of interest paid by bond issuers on the bond's face value. It is the periodic rate of interest paid by bond issuers to its purchasers. This material contains the opinions of the Makai Municipal Managers Team of Makai Shields, LLC, but not necessarily those of Makai Shields, LLC. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice. This material is distributed for informational purposes only. Forecasts, estimates, and opinions contained herein should not be considered as investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment product. Information contained herein has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but not guaranteed. Any forward-looking statements speak only as of the date they are made, and Makai Shields assumes no duty and does not undertake to update forward Looking statements. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. Neither New York Life Insurance Company nor its affiliates or representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please contact your own professionals. Mackay Municipal Managers is a team of portfolio managers at Mackay Shields. Mackay Shields is 100% owned by NYLIM Holdings, which is wholly owned by New York Life Insurance Company. Not all products and services provided by Mackay. Makai Shields may be available to all investors, limited by applicable laws and regulations in certain jurisdictions. No part of this material may be reproduced in any form or referred to in any other publication without the express written permission of Makai Shields. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company.